hello, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. We're now exclusively a part of the SU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kent Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm your co-host, Michael Steiner, SU Chief of Staff. And so excited today to introduce our guest uh, for the show, Dr. Noel Castellanos. Dr. Castellanos is president and founder of the Camino Alliance, an organization addressing the root causes of migration throughout Latin America by the power of faith, justice, and generosity. And it's great to have you with us, Dr. Castellanos. Yeah, thank you. Great to be here. Uh, to start our conversation, you have worked um, in full-time ministry in Latino in urban communities in the United States and Latin America for what, near, nearly 40 years yeah, now? Yeah. And uh, where did you first uh, develop a passion for serving those communities? And tell us a little bit about um, your heart behind your ministry and how it's impacted your life so far. Yeah, I was born uh, just three miles from the Mexican border in Texas, mm. and uh, my parents were actually born in the same little town, that uh, West Laco, uh, oh, wow. Texas in the valley, wow. and um, <clears throat> my parents were farm workers along with their family. Went uh, a couple small Mexican families, 18 on my mother's side, uh, brothers and sisters, and my dad you know, was only nine. So, mm. uh, But uh, uh, when I was about eight years old, we ended up moving to California, and it was, there was a big uh, hurricane during that time. And uh, the family legend is that my we got in the uh, you know 57 Rambler station wagon, pulled behind a school bus that was driving on Highway 10 West mm -hmm. in the middle of a driving rain and parted the waters, and we just tucked in behind that bus and wow. made it all the way to California. California. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so transplant from, Calif uh, from Texas to California. And um, like many uh, Mexican-American uh, young people now, I'm— you know, you could say fourth mm. generation because a couple of my grandparents actually were born in the U.S. Oh, wow. And so uh, I grew up with a strong sense of my Mexican culture. But by the time I got to high school, I would speak to my parents at home in English. They would speak back in Spanish. Mm. And that that kind of begins that, that uh, integration into a more mainstream culture, right. uh, American culture. And... Uh, so I, I, I always, uh, you know, uh, I think about the miracle of how God works, but I went to, to a little Christian school in Spokane, Washington, and uh, uh, very, very uh, miraculously stayed connected to a very small Latino yeah. population in Spokane, Washington. And, but when I came back, uh, moved to San Francisco to the Mission District, and began working with a ministry called Young Life, uh, yes. which is how I met Christ, and uh, lived right in this very, very Latino community, but it wasn't just Mexican now. It was Salvadorian. It was a lot of Central American. The Civil War in, in, uh, in El Salvador was beginning to push many people uh, into San Francisco. It was a sanctuary for a lot of those refugees. And uh, and uh, we lived, uh, the mission is right next to the Castro District, oh, yeah. which was really the very uh, epicenter of the uh, gay community uh, back uh, in the, you know, 70s and a little before that. 
And and so it was uh, quite a dynamic place to learn ministry and to begin working in full-time ministry. But I uh, started just going into high schools and asking uh, the principal, is there anything that uh, I can do to serve your school? And I uh, half expected, they told me, why don't you pick up garbage at lunchtime and clean up after? And I was ready to do that. But uh, I ended up coaching football uh, oh, wow. at, a, at a local school in San Francisco, got to know a lot of the ball players, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, had uh, Samoan youth, which okay. I was very happy about. Yep. Uh, if yep. you, uh, you're yeah. a great football player, exactly. great athlete, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and a lot of African-American. And I had uh, one Mexican-American kid by the name of Jesus, mm. and Jesus was the center on our team. And so I, I say, when I started my ministry, you know, Jesus has always been the center, yes. you know, so, uh, and so, you know, but we That's had a great good. time and, and I loved uh, the idea of becoming incarnate into the lives of sure. these young, young people. And uh, that, that's really been the, the, one of the most important foundational uh, lessons that I mm -hmm. learned earlier in my ministry that you, uh, you know, you enter into people's lives and uh, you begin to love them where they are and you kind of earn their trust and then you just live your life in such a way that hopefully Jesus is going to ooze out and, right, uh, exactly. and, uh, and, and it gets a lot more complicated after mm -hmm. that. Yeah. But, uh, but it was a, an amazing start to uh, kind of the last 40 years of, of doing ministry, but that really laid the foundation for um, living in uh, mostly Mexican communities. I went to the east side of San Jose mm -hmm. and then and in Chicago, again in Mexican yeah. neighborhoods, and trying to live out the gospel sure. in, in places uh, in the barrio, right? right. Exactly. In places that uh, are uh, somewhat marginalized by mm -hmm. larger society, but filled with uh, great people that right. God loves. Yeah, well, what I love about this approach that you started at the beginning is that you, you know, even with with high school, with your first ministry, how can I go in and serve? How mm -hmm. can I go in and, yeah. and help? How has that um, carried with you? How do you use that approach with your ministry today and what you're doing in these different communities? Yeah, I, I think uh, what I um, saw a lot was uh, when we talked about uh, the mission of the church, there, there was a couple of predominant models that I felt like uh, didn't serve well when I looked at it in um, in light of Scripture. One was a, 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 a fortress uh, inside mm -hmm. the four walls. Uh, you know, you know we're, we, we've got to separate from the world completely, and we're in that uh, cradle of the church, and uh, we're going to wait for God to come back, mm -hmm. for Jesus to come back, and and we'll be in glory forever. And and I'm I'm all for the glory, and I'm and, and you know excited for what that reality will be one day. Uh, but um, but that that idea I think uh, never uh, resonated with how 
I came, mm-hmm. became a Christian is uh, my football coach came out to me mm-hmm. and a bunch of friends who were very far away from uh, any religious connection or uh, formal faith in Christ. And, uh, and, and so then, um, you know, it was uh, how can the church uh, be more than just an institution mm-hmm. or some kind of formal religious, uh, you know, entity? And how does it become that salt and light? in the community and so um, I think God placed in my heart uh, a real love for the Latino community but then to see the church mm-hmm. uh, released to, to be right. a- activated in the community and so uh, after serving young people uh, for many years I realized uh, we need to have a uh, a, a beloved community. Uh, mm-hmm. We got to have a, a familia, a right. faith that is grandparents and right. parents and the children. And and uh, so uh, we went to Chicago and, and planted a church that's still there today, doing really well uh, and reaching their community in amazing ways. Uh, but I think it'll, so much of what we do stems out of our uh, theology, right? right? What right. do we believe what about God? Us, right. Yeah, what do we believe the church is here for? The the mission, the you know the the, the work, uh, and and all of that uh, that stems out of our being mm-hmm. connected to Christ, yeah. and and uh, so yeah, I think that's been um, uh, very strong in my work in the U.S. And now with Camino Alliance, uh, what we've done is we said. We know that uh, God has been at work in Latin America for many, you know, many, many years, and there's a great movement of the Holy Spirit, and 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 mm-hmm. there's great church right. leaders right. and yes. and uh, great passion, and uh, and uh, um, regardless of what many people are led to believe, uh, the majority of uh, folks in Latin America are not dying to come to the U.S., right? Okay. They, they right. are where they are. They're planted where they mm-hmm. are. They love where their countries. and But yet, uh, you know, uh, what I've seen is uh, the challenge of the church really being able to establish the kind of impact in their neighborhoods that go beyond the four walls. And, and so that's really the dedication of our mm-hmm. work as we try to identify leaders that are open to a theological perspective that yeah. includes the mission of God uh, and the kingdom of God in the world. And uh, going out of their uh, place, this is where we get encouraged, where we get equipped, right. where we get uh, filled up to yeah. be able to be an agent of change in the world. And that includes uh, sometimes uh, feeding people. Sometimes it includes, uh, you know, healing uh, mm-hmm. either through miracles or right. through medical mm-hmm. uh, uh, work or education or clean water, building homes. So that holistic expression of demonstrating the love of God in tangible yeah. ways is is at the heart of what yeah. uh, we've been promoting. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's a, a ministry that definitely integrates faith and hope and yeah. love, and, and that's, yeah. that's incredible. You've had so many uh, rich experiences in, in your life, and, and those experiences have obviously God has used to open up doors for you yeah. to have influence. And I know that you uh, uh, actually served on President Obama's Council for Faith and Neighborhood Partnerships. How did, how did your work and experiences prepare you for that <laughs> opportunity and appointment? 
Yeah, I, I really believe that my work in that sphere was uh, as challenging as uh, work go, going into a, a neighborhood and working with a, a kid that maybe is, you know, uh, very vulnerable to gang life and, uh, you know, yeah. a, a lot of the violence and, and, and uh, things that we think about in an urban community. Because uh, I, I think what you find in the hood, okay, is that people, uh, they, they, they get the fact that they have a need Right, right. Mm -hmm. and that they're looking for uh, some help and solutions. A lot of times, when you work with uh, the educated and the, the those that are more empowered in this uh, society, uh, we're supposed to know all the answers, mm -hmm. right? And uh, I think uh, so. Uh, one of the challenges was being in situations many times in Washington where there were uh, tables of people gathered together from all over the country who were brought together to uh, address health care or education or violence. And when you looked around the table, uh, none of the folks there were today living in the midst of any one of those realities. Sure. Mm. Some of us had come out of that, mm. <clears throat> but the more separated we get, the more removed we get mm. from um, the actual um, issues that people face on the ground, the more difficult it is for us to come up with solutions that really uh, make sense and are, are, are sustainable, right? Yeah. And, and part of the deal is that you, that you learn is that you don't do for people, right? Mm -hmm. you, you, work, you help people to see what they have in their own capacity and, and in their growing ability to grow and learn yeah. so that they can address their own problems. Otherwise, uh, what we found, uh, and, and I'm on the, the board of World Vision uh, here in the U.S., and I've been to many projects around the world where, uh, you know, in the past, uh, we would come in and we would uh, bring these big uh, uh, rigs to drill for water yeah. and, uh, and and you'd leave them there in the community the minute you left that thing would break down and nobody knew how to fix it right mm -hmm. yeah. so the solution uh, seemed like a slam dunk but the reality was that there's a lot of human work that has to happen leadership development right. and and I think World Vision and others have become much better at that and yeah. they're doing a great job of of understanding that the way that you're going to make a really uh, sustainable uh, difference in the community is, in, is to empower the people yeah. in the community. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about some of the projects you've been working on, especially today and even back yeah. in when, when you were working on the, uh, on the Faith Council. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, one of the, the, the things that uh, caught the attention of presidents, uh, beginning with George Bush, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thousand points of light, right. uh, yeah. uh, Dad Bush, and then uh, W comes and he establishes is the Office of Faith-Based Initiatives. And uh, what he saw firsthand as he began to have a, some uh, religious conversion and faith conversion himself was that uh, the best work that was being done by churches in rehab and other kind of areas uh, you couldn't take faith out of it. That yeah. if, if you said, hey, we're going to support the social and the uh, medical and the, you know the 
those kind of emotional uh, aspects of the ministry, but you can't talk about Jesus. And I, I think it was uh, brilliant to say, no, that is the main ingredient, mm. that if you leave that out, it's not real, right? Yeah, right it, yeah. It's not lasting. So I, I think uh, in my work with uh, the organization I led for uh, close to 15 years was to identify ministries all over the country. We had really thousands that were doing some mm -hmm. form of extension into the community and uh, whether it was uh, a very small thing like a food pantry, which, which is how a lot of churches start, right? Mm -hmm. But then uh, they started after school programs. And uh, uh, I remember right after I kind of began to go beyond my local church in, in Chicago to networking Latino churches around the country, we brought a group of about 15, 20 Latino pastors, many of them who are here, yeah, Dr. Right, Ray Rivera right, right, and yeah. uh, many others that were kind of the, the pioneers, have yeah. been the pioneers of this kind of work. And as we walked around our community, <clears throat> the question was, you know, how do we uh, take this uh, uh, this uh, love, passion, uh, healing power of Jesus and move it out into the community? And out of that meeting, you know, what we found is that people now started charter schools and they're doing wow. re, uh, uh, huge rehab programs and they're doing mentoring programs and they're working in technology and they're, uh, you know, many of them now are leading institutions of higher learning uh, yeah. and, and uh, institutes at uh, seminaries. So I think there there is a generation that's been captured by a a conviction that the gospel is got to be holistic. Yeah, and that's the key. I mean, when you think about ministry leadership and serving uh, people, it is a holistic approach. It's not just the spiritual in, inward um, issues that mm -hmm. definitely need to be dealt with, but it is the physical, the emotional, all of the things that make up who we are. And yeah. that's what I love about, uh, about your influence. As you have... Um, been able to go in and and uh, this this holistic approach. What what are the core principles for you yeah. um, in terms of uh, leadership uh, values? Yeah, I, if I had a napkin, I would draw a little picture for you. And uh, I've probably done this uh, you know a few thousand times over the last uh, yeah. five ten yeah. years. But uh, I, I was invited to come and to do a workshop with a group of pastors at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago yeah. many years ago. And, uh, you know, if you're going to speak there uh, and you, you better know your Bible, you better use yeah, your Bible yeah. and, and be able to, to, to uh, you know, uh, show a biblical foundation for the work that you're doing. And frankly, there's a lot of skepticism when you think sure. about mm -hmm. uh, a, uh, is social work or is work, the, this kind of work you're talking about, is that really biblical because isn't our number one priority to get people to heaven, mm -hmm. right? right? And I would say amen to that. Yeah. But I began to lay out a foundation and a framework that said, uh, taking the cross as an image, which is uh, it's yeah. part of the, mm -hmm. the title of the book that I wrote a number of years ago, where the cross meets the street. Mm. And, uh, and I said, you know, at the heart of the cross, right at the center, is the incarnation of God. 
and just as God incarnated into the margins of the world, okay, yeah. this little tiny little uh, pueblito outside mm -hmm. of uh, Jerusalem, right? Yeah. Nondescript, in, almost invisible, not important. Mm -hmm. That's where God decides to enter the world as a Galilean Jew. Yeah. And so he incarnates himself into society, into human reality. And from there, he begins a movement that touches the entire universe. And uh, so what, what I talk about is that incarnation is the linchpin, right, to yeah. really mm -hmm. do the kind of work that we're talking about. So biblically... You, you, you can mm -hmm. show the importance of the incarnation, right? right? I love the idea. Jesus spends 30 years uh, kind of doing that grunt work. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. Right, right. I mean, yeah. I don't know, yeah. changing his cousin's right. diapers. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. You know, uh, and uh, I, I'll never forget, you know, talking about Jesus the carpenter. Yeah. Uh, I was with a guy, and uh, he tried to... So when I said, uh, you know, Jesus really, if you look at uh, the reality of what that meant in the time of, of Christ, it was probably more like a day laborer. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. because yeah, he was a master with stone and, and right. probably more than wood, and 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 uh, and there's a lot of uh, building projects mm -hmm. around uh, Nazareth, but not necessarily in Nazareth. He wasn't going to make a living doing uh, carpentry work in right. that little little tiny uh, village right. and and so uh, but he and so when I when I suggested that he said no 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 he, he was an engineer he yeah. was a master yeah. engineer I'm said I, I believe yeah he, he you know he was I mean yeah. you know, he, he's, he's but the but the way God chooses to mm -hmm. reveal himself right. is within the context of that profession right, mm -hmm. right. that his family had yep. and uh, so so out of that incarnation uh, then everything else flows, right? Mm -hmm. All the ministry, how we love people, yep. build relationships with people, how he w dealt with people with humility, uh, how he mm -hmm. interacted, and 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 so all of that I think now becomes the model for the church. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The church incarnated in vulnerable communities and living out their life in such a way that it just brings. Yeah. Uh, just vitality, attraction, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that uh, uh, it, it, there's an unmistakable uh, reality that God is present in the yep. neighborhood, right? Yeah. Through the humble yeah. Yeah. living. But then, what are the other works of, of the kingdom? Uh, mm -hmm. Evangelism and discipleship. Yep. Right. I call it formation and and uh, and uh, proclamation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, we don't throw that out. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's still. But it is. It's it's strengthened by incarnation. Yep. And then when you look at the last few years of the pandemic and the reality of everything that's going on in our world today, uh, the demonstration of compassion, yeah, right? Uh, how do you turn a blind eye to uh, now close yeah. to 2 million uh, migrants coming out of Ukraine yeah. or kids coming to the border, fleeing right. violence and, and all, uh, whatever that uh, suffering is in our world today. Uh, we're to be agents of compassion, but at a certain point, compassion reaches its limitations, right. and uh, we need to make a turn to more sustainable development, and that's where you begin to see the idea that um, 
you know, if we if we uh, help people to understand that they can create systemic change and lasting mm -hmm. change and community change, and uh, we saw. Uh, in, uh, I mean, actually, there's a there's a couple of great Assembly of God churches that I work with in uh, Central America, uh, missionary uh, families that had gone mm, yeah, down there, right. and they built schools. Yes, yeah. they built clinics. Right. You know, they were helping the poor, right. they, and and all of that opened up opportunities to uh, really yeah. uh, share their faith, right? Exactly. So it's the, the, the work of development, and we've got great examples today of churches that are doing that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I lived that for about 30 years in Chicago, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Trying to do be present, uh, do evangelism, discipleship, starting a church, uh, doing a lot of work of compassion, uh, all kinds of development programs. But then... The last uh, thing that I began to see in Scripture so clearly is that <clears throat> so much of the Old Testament especially, but it's, it's also mm -hmm. demonstrated in the life of Christ, is you begin to see a cry out uh, wherever there's injustice. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, when people are yeah. treated as less than human, when we negate the image of God in, in a person, when we uh, treat him as a thing instead of as, you know, a beloved of, uh, of God, right. created yeah, in the, the image, image of God, God yeah. then you, you got to say something. You right. know, you've got to you got to act on that. And I, and I think one of the more uncomfortable places for the Latino church uh, traditionally has been to do the work of advocacy. You know, yeah. we, we saw it in the in the African-American community uh, during the Civil Rights Movement, right. uh, the Voting Rights Act, and all kinds of, uh, we just saw yesterday, uh, the uh, Senate finally passed the lynching law. Yes, right? that's right. I mean, this, is, this has been a long, per, uh, you know, perseverance mm -hmm. of recognizing the injustice of of uh, just taking uh, this ventilator, what's that? Vigilante, <laughs> Vigilante. yeah, yeah. Vigilante. Right. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. English is my second language. <laughs> you're good, you're good. <laughs> right. It's good. Uh, but, 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 but I think that the Latino church is, is awoken to that. Yes. You know, we, we, we have to stand up for the humanity yeah, of, right. of uh, migrants, uh, of immigrants, of young, you know, young people in our communities. Uh, you know, the zip code that we come from, how does that determine mm -hmm. the quality of education right. that you get exactly. or, uh, you know, the kind of health care opportunity? So so I, I believe moral leadership is uh, is probably one of the greatest gifts that uh, uh, our, our Latino church leaders can give yeah. and, and to kind of say, look, we absolutely care about the mm -hmm. gospel the kingdom yep. uh, about uh, the need to be uh, forgiven, to repent, and start a new life, and all of that doesn't just lead to a uh, a legal permanent, uh, you know, entry into heaven. Right, right, right. right. It leads to a transformed life yeah. that transformation. Is, that that. Yep. that compels us to engage in the world uh you know if i was to 
uh, write a sequel to my book where the cross meets the street. I've been reflecting a lot uh, on the ideas where the cross meets los basuderos del mundo, the, mm -hmm. the, the garbage heaps of our world, yeah. las fronteras del mundo, the, the borders of the world. Because that's where you're seeing today, uh, we have migration by the millions and yeah. you know tens of millions, yeah. and it's it's uh, you know we would say normally it's all about poverty, but it's it's war, yeah. it's corruption, it's, it. mm -hmm. it's climate uh, insecurity, right. you know, it's it's drug trafficking, it's yeah. uh, uh, so many uh, other factors. But the reality is, is people are moving out of desperation. Yeah. And uh, so when I started Camino Alliance, I said, you know, um, even though as, as U.S. Americans, uh, our greatest concern is probably immigration to our country, country and how sure. that impacts us. Right. But the reality is that migration impacts all of Latin America. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many countries like, uh, um, like um, uh, Costa Rica, like Colombia, and like Argentina mm -hmm. and others that actually they resemble the U.S. more than, mm -hmm. you know, they're not, they're the receiving right, countries, right, right? right? And they're having, uh, you know, Venezuela, five million people yeah. have fled the borders to go into Colombia and right. other Panama and yeah. Costa Rica. And then today you have Haitian, uh, you know, uh, migrants at the Tijuana border. Yeah. You got Cuban migrants, uh, you know, coming this way from all over the world. The, the world is a world in migration. And how uh, are we um, going to be present in those uh, in those very very vulnerable places, and not just uh, give handouts, right. but begin to move towards a holistic development. Yeah, yeah. Right? No, that's yeah. That's, good. that's so good. You know, I love I love your your heart of incarnation and, and moving. In fact, I think it's I was reading the other day in Matthew chapter five, and I was reading out of the Message translation, mm -hmm. but. When it when Jesus begins on the Sermon on the Mount, starts talking about salt and light, but mm -hmm. it says he moved. Literally, the message translates says he moved into the neighborhoods. Right, yeah. right. And then, and then, you know, when he goes from town to town, um, it says he was moved with compassion. Right. You right. know. Uh, so ultimately, Christ sets the example of, yeah. of that that uh, divine incarnation and and it's powerful in the way that we lead and serve right um, this is a, 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 an amazing conversation so grateful for uh, you taking the time to share this um, we're gonna we're gonna close our conversation out with our fire round okay where we always uh, ask just a few quick questions surrounding yeah. everything we've kind of discussed and, yeah. and again just to grab some practical and applicable pieces of advice uh, from your experiences for our listeners mm -hmm. so I think we just have about three quick, yep. quick questions. Yep. So, Michael, you can fire the first one. Perfect. All right. So, what is, if you could give advice to, to young leaders, what is one skill they should develop in themselves? Which is one skill they should be focusing on right now? Well, skill, I, I would say a, a trait would be mm. uh, uh, self awareness. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think one of my uh, great uh, regrets, I would say, mm -hmm. and, and even, you know, great challenges that I've had to deal with in my life is that because of my own brokenness and where I came out of with 
issues with my dad mm -hmm. and, and a minority in this country, uh, probably feeling less than. And, sure. uh, you know, I had a lot to prove, mm -hmm. right? And whenever you have a lot to prove, that can actually fuel uh, great godly ambition or it can also create uh, leadership uh, kind of uh, dark side mm -hmm. consequences and so the the self-awareness to know uh, what do I need to do to maintain a, a level of connectedness to Jesus and the, and it is not uh, we're not just calling people to do this work of uh, community activism. Mm -hmm. We're calling it. To, we're calling people within the church to do it in a Christ-like way, yeah. right? And that means all the way from leadership, uh, how you treat people inside your churches and your ministry, how you relate to people in the community, you know, how you interact with the government, uh, and 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 do all. So I think. Uh, number one is uh, stay healthy, right. self-awareness. Uh, you know, don't. Uh, I think hubris is one of the greatest uh, dangers that we have today. And we have so many sharp young leaders, yeah. right, yep. that are emerging. And and the danger is that we will pluck out people for their charisma and and not their character right yeah. and i think so i think watching that i think is something that uh i i i uh, i think is absolutely essential yeah. and uh yeah and it, it's a it's a skill it's a trait yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah self-awareness is huge because it always allows you to discover your divine design the yeah way god made yeah. you and wired you so that you can serve with excellence uh quick second question uh if you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self, anything about preparing to leave, a lead, what would that be? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it relates a lot to the first, but uh, yeah, I would say uh, 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 build slowly. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, build, build slowly. Just uh, there's so much temptation today uh, to globalize right. and to expand. And, and I think, there, that, you know, God bless those amazing visions that people get and that God puts on people's hearts, but to build that foundation, yeah. you know, build that strong foundation that uh, will be uh, something that will last and be sustainable. Build on that rock. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I think... Uh, it's like the power of uh, compound interest, yes. right? Yeah, you, you just good. put a couple pennies in the bank, mm -hmm. right. and uh, 40 years later, yeah. wow, it's you know thousands of dollars, and and yet we don't. I think the world kind of says, you know, let's make a splash, sure. let's mm -hmm. get something done quickly. And I, I've rarely seen that be an effective way to do yeah. ministry. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Last question for you. You know, you 40-year ministry, 40-year career, really helping all of these different people, different problems, different things. What has been the secret to longevity in that kind of ministry, in that kind of career? Yeah, I, I would say um, a, a deep, deep, deep um, sense of uh, desperation for God. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, in the Mexican uh, history, El Grito is this, yeah. the, the yeah. you know, Independence Day. Yes. When the victory is won, yeah. you know, there was a great uh, cry out that says that we're freed, you know, mm. now from the 
from the colonization of Spain, and uh, and I think that uh, that kind of uh, grito uh, that is a constant thing that you renew every year. I mean, I, I love we're heading into Lent yes. because yes. it's a great time, you know, to just get really uh, rooted, stay rooted into the fact of how much we need to, to depend on God and His love and His forgiveness and His grace. And But, but you know, to, to just be grateful. Uh, I think this is why in my mission, you know, I talk about mm -hmm. faith, justicia, yeah. and generosity. Yeah. Uh, I, generosity is a lot more than just money. Yeah. You know, it, it's, exactly. it, it, yeah. it's how we treat people. Yeah. It's how we see life that, you know, whatever we have doesn't really belong to us yeah. you know and and that comes out of uh, yeah, the, that uh, a deep understanding that the grace of God is what has given right. me every opportunity mm -hmm. I have and uh, so yeah I, I, I pray that um, you know we can um, help to um, share those kind of lessons with younger leaders around us that's that's powerful. Well, Dr. Castellanos, I want to thank you for joining us today on Framework Leadership. Uh, grateful for your insight, your wisdom, uh, your your leadership, uh, how you give of yourself, and and uh, and that truly is generosity. It is giving of yourself in so many ways that uh, God opens up opportunity for you. So thank you. Oh well, it's great to be with you all. Yeah, yeah. Love, Thanks. love love having you with us today. And if you want to stay up to date with Dr. Castellanos and the Camino Alliance, you can follow him on Instagram and. LinkedIn at Noel Castellanos. And if you want more leadership content in your social feeds, check us out on Instagram, Kent underscore Ingle or Dr. Michael Steiner, or check out Dr. Ingle on Twitter at Kent Ingle. You can also visit our website, KentIngle.com, sign up for our weekly newsletter, tons of leadership tips. And hey, if you're watching us on YouTube right now, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get more leadership content in your feed every single week. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership. Hey, take care, everybody. 